0: Welcome to the Penny and Pops Podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops, Papa Giorgio. The Magic are 20 and 58 as of this recording. Tied for the worst record in the NBA. It won't be the worst record... Uh, win loss wise in franchise history as the uh, 18 win you know inaugural season team can can pop champagne bottles with that but it's going to be down there with the 21 season in 2013 and then you got three other 21 win seasons that we've had in our history you know this will be the magic seventh 20 something win season in the past decade which if you don't know is really bad <laughs> and it's very rough and taxing on any NBA fan base to handle. If it wasn't obvious earlier in the season, it's lately been a full-on tanking effort by the organization. Uh, very questionable uh, rotation, substitutions, guys sitting. Uh, I think Gary Harris is on vacation somewhere. Terrence Ross might as well be on vacation somewhere. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a full-on tanking effort. Uh, thankfully, we're in the final week of the regular season officially, so we're we're almost done with with this uh, before the off season uh, beckons. But you know, we're going to talk about tanking and ping pong balls a little bit, uh, especially since there's so much pro tank uh, tweets out there. Uh, you know, I just kind of got to lay it out a little bit that it's it really is a crapshoot when it comes to ping pong balls, but. Uh, as well as Jonathan Isaac uh, Out with another injury And obviously he won't have played a second This 2021-2022 season And then optimistically How the team has great pieces Believe it or not we, we do have some very good promising pieces And just moving forward How the puzzle can take shape in the offseason Let's go All way, Straight down the lane The power jam, Point guard on 7-6 back Here's Lewis turning and he shoots Yes Here's Turgaloo for the win. Over! that's the winner for the Magic. He
1: knows the clock. And he... Magic by two seven of a second. Something like that oh
0: my goodness all right penny we're we're in the final week of the season officially are you ready for the season to be over with because i basically am
1: <laughs> mercifully
0: yeah um we're not going to talk about all-star weekend stuff like we we did we lasted a pod uh middle of february so we did one for like after the trade deadline basically we we're not going to talk about all-star weekend because there's not really much to talk about um other than Cole Anthony still in a slump and then Franz Wagner did what he can and could in the rising star stuff. But, um, you know, I'm going to start off with Markel Fultz being back because I think just, you know, he's been kicking ass lately and people have been noticing finally how valuable he is for this team's future. Like, I know Cole Anthony got off to that nice start at the start of the season, but, you know, he's not going to be in this slump that he's in forever. And you know, Cole Anthony's been in like a two-month slump, it seems like maybe even three months. It, it's gonna it's gonna be by the end of the season. But uh Markel Foltz, I view as the long-term point guard going forward. And he's still in that minutes restriction where he's around like 20 minutes now. But you know, I don't know. What are your views on Markel? Uh are you are you viewing him still or are you viewing him as a long-term piece? Like has anything really changed with what you've seen from him since he's come back?
1: No, I mean, definitely. I think for right now, he's the best guard on the roster. Um, I would still envision him to be a long-term piece and his value only gets higher um, the more talent that you have around him too. Right. I mean, he's, there's, the, the, there's no question the statistics bear out that he um, is making everyone else better and in such a limited time once he gets ramped up to, you know, 34, 36 minutes a night. Um, still not sure exactly where we are with the shooting. Um, obviously, the, the mid-range has been pretty consistent um, and, and pretty good still finishing at the rim. Coming off the surgery, um, shooting will be a question mark, but there there's no better guard on the roster than Markel right now, don't you think?
0: No, you're right. I mean, look, he's we're recording this Sunday uh, afternoon before the Magic played the Knicks. You know, the Magic have four games left. We host the Knicks tonight. Uh, we Tuesday we host Cleveland, and then we're at Charlotte Thursday, and we finish the season hosting Miami here Sunday. But Markel's played 14 games. Uh, he's averaging just, you know, a little under 19 minutes per game. He's shooting 45.5% from the field, which is pretty damn good for a point guard, especially when he's like, he's shooting 27.3% for three point range. But I mean, he's not even getting up an attempt a game. He's at like 0.8 attempts per game. I'm not worried about his three point shooting. We he's shown enough what he can do on both ends of the floor, just with his passing, just with his, you know, floor general leadership. Tim he can get to any spot at the rim or in the mid-range that he wants to like there hasn't been a guy that has that that has slowed him down because Markel Fultz is a very very physical six foot four guy and I'm not concerned about his three-point shot and I'm not concerned about his shot form either like I don't care about your shot form if the shot's going in like Jason Kidd was a was a shitty three-point shooter for the majority of his three-point career until the end and he became useful enough to help win that Mavericks team and NBA title in 2011 whatever year it was you know Sean Marion it always looked like he he was doing like shot puts with with his with his jumpers and his three-point range he's basically like on the verge of a hall of fame career is what he came came to to finishing up with so I don't care about your shot form I'm very happy with how confident he is, he has been you know be it shooting from anywhere be it from just barreling his body and cutting and doing whatever he's got to do to get to the rim or or get guys open i i'm always going to be concerned that he's taking you know very ambitious euro steps because that's how, how this injury came about in the first place with the acl but um he's very confident in his movement and that's what you want to see with a guy that's been out a year you know he easily in my you know Nobody can change my mind on this, but I mean, Markel would, was traveling with the team since like December and, you know, it, they basically held him out an extra three months more than really what's necessary. Like he probably could have been playing before Thanksgiving even, but it's, you know, the training staff was one, being extra careful with him Two, We were tanking or are tanking. So as you can see, Markel Foltz wins his games and, We've had some pretty nice wins of late. I mean, we, we, we had a stretch there before we, we really turned on the full on tank where we were seven and seven after the all-star game. Like, you know, it's, and a lot of that was because of Markel being back. Um, I don't know what other, what other stuff you want to add to the Markel stuff, but I mean, this, the, there's, I'm not putting a ceiling on what he can do. He's not even 24 years old yet. And he's, he's, he's the guy. I mean, he, he is our point guard. Like, I know people were worried initially when Jalen Suggs got drafted, but again, I don't view Jalen Suggs as a point guard. He's got to be a combo guard kind of two type of guy. And then Cole Anthony is going to, who I want on this team. He, I just don't want Cole. You know, it's just not likely that Cole Anthony's going to be a starter. He's going to be kind of that DJ Augustine type six man, seventh man type guy, because he, he, he's kind of a glue guy chemistry wise for this team on the court, off the court. Like he brings the team together and, I, you know, he's going to figure things out. My, my hope was Cole was going to have a good all-star weekend and the dunk contest didn't help him uh, obviously. And, you know, the confidence wise is there, but there's just, there's something off with him. And I don't know, I don't think it's got anything to do with Suggs or Markel, you know, being better than him in, in recent stretches or, you know, or if he's just in a slump, but um, I think it's just another off season for Cole. will Will do him well, but Fultz is the guy. Fultz is your starting point guard. Like, you don't need to go find another starting point guard, is, is my viewpoint. I don't know if you want to add anything else, Benny.
1: No, and I would just say, too, I think, you know, a lot of people look at Cole in terms of being a, a team leader because he's out front and center and obviously very vocal. But I think the other thing about Markell um, is that he clearly has the respect. Um, and I would almost say admiration of everybody else on the roster. Um, And, and even at 24, he's been through so much that um, it's a calming, steadying veteran presence from a young guy on a young team um, where I think, you know, the, the leadership has to come from the point guard spot and you're not going to get much better than that. Yeah. So, um, you know, roster wise, not
0: a, tons been done since we did the last episode you know jeff down got a 10-day contract which recently expired and we brought devin kennedy back on a 10-day contract so um i'm actually kind of surprised we did that one because he's a really really good three-point shooter and if you're tanking devin's gonna actually hit a lot of threes and that's not a good formula for tanking but um yeah it's you know, we, we, we don't have any empty roster spots at the moment, so I don't know. You know I, I thought that we might see Giannis Tima kind of get a 10 day, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So uh, Lakeland also didn't make the play, the G league playoffs. Um, so that's kind of why Doughton and and Kennedy now are, have gotten their, their shots basically for, with, with the team. It's just really good to see Devin Beck because I mean, last year he, he was looking, he was looking good. And then he had the horrific leg injury and, um, and, you know, he had the long road to recovery. He, he, he was shooting like over 46% from three with Lakeland, I think it was. And, I mean, the, the guy can shoot. And I would like to give him a two-way contract, hopefully, for, for the next upcoming season. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to touch base on any of the 10-day stuff? Or you want to talk about how how, uh, how Iggy Bristakis and Admiral Schofield have been at, as two-way guys? Because those two guys have been getting – so much time because we're, we're trying to lose and, you know, no, no offense to those guys,
1: but they're, they're not winning they're, players yet. They're they're doing the job. Uh, I would just say for, for Devin, that the perseverance paying off is really cool. Um, and he, he was playing obviously lights out for Lakeland. So to be able to um, reward those guys that are playing in Lakeland when they play well and bring them up, even regardless of the situation coming off the injury from last year, I think is always a good organizational move, um, you know, to keep guys will play in that system. If they know there's an opportunity at the end of the day Um, and we'll see what happens. I'm really interested to see at this level. I know there's limited time left this season, the the shooting, there's no question that he's got NBA caliber, right. You know, consistency, um, but does he have enough defense or enough other um, positive contribution areas to make him uh, stick in the NBA? And I, I hope he does for the story's sake. Um, but we'll see what happens there. And then in terms of Schofield and Rastakis, uh, yeah, they—they uh, let's just say that they were the ones that were selected for a reason, and uh, they've been living up to their job description.
0: Yeah, I will say with with Bruce Dacus, he's offensively he's he's actually starting to figure some stuff out, but defensively he's still a liability and so, you know, at least he's found his shot, but uh yeah, it's it's there's are the go-to tank guys uh at, at that point. And Dowden was too before his contract expi- his 10-day expired, but um all right, let's talk uh Little Bull Bull, but also but more about Jonathan Isaac. So again, we're recording this on April 3rd in the afternoon. Uh back on March 15th, uh Jeff Wiltman had confirmed that both Bull Bull and Jonathan Isaac would be out for the rest of the season. Just a real question with you on Bull Bull. Are you actually surprised he's not gonna get any court time? Because it all it seems like he's healthy enough to play and he's he's a free agent this summer. So I mean, the only reason this, this happens is if the Magic are gonna sign them next season, right? I don't know. I don't know if you could sign him or if they're gonna try and somehow sign them to a two-way. I I doubt that, but
1: um, Yeah, it's, I'm surprised by the I didn't think that he would
0: because uh, we didn't wave him. Like we right. waved, we wave D, you know, we, we waived uh, Dozier and but we didn't waive Bull Bull. So I thought, well, maybe we give Bull Bull like a little bit of a run here. Plus, he'd probably help us tank um, yeah. here at the end. And it just, I mean, there happened. have been
1: clips of, uh, some, you know, like at least kind of form shooting in yeah. practice, you know, before, after practice stuff. So I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a surprised we didn't see him. So I, my only assumption, I mean, I mean, yes or no. Do you think he's back next season? Like, do we, do, uh, maybe, you know, I, I don't know if we'll give him a guaranteed deal. You know, maybe it's a, pr- a prove it in training camp type of thing, but, um, I can't imagine there's too many teams out there kind of chomping at the bit to to bring on Bo Bo when you don't know if he's you know, one what he is and two if he's a winning player. But I mean, there's a ton of potential there. But, you know, he's he's not, a, you know, he's not a center. He, he's a perimeter guy that's that's seven foot. So um, I think I think he's going to be back. You know, that's, that's the only reason why he wouldn't be on the court now is, is my viewpoint.
1: I, uh, I I don't envision him being back. I have no good answer as to why I feel that way. Um, no, it I'm doesn't fair. quite it doesn't quite add up how they have handled the situation. To your point, in terms of um, not waving him, if there is no intention to bring him back, I do have one point about Bol Bol that I wanted to get clarification on from you. Um, obviously, the son of Manubol, who. Um, did tremendous humanitarian things, right? And pretty much after he retired, um, spent the, the remainder of his life continuing to raise money, um, give back to his homeland, et cetera. Um, I don't think he had a lot of money at the end of his life. Uh, I don't think so. He was so charitable. Yeah. That being said, Bobo, Uh, has made at least two and a half million dollars. So I'm going to assume that he has taken home 50% of that, which would make him a millionaire. Um, So why is he wearing the clothes that are airdropped to third world countries every night still? And can you explain modern day fashion to me? (laughs) I could not, but those are all very valid questions.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really, I really can't explain it. And it's not something that I've, I've looked into as, as much as you have, but um, it's just intra- it's like the neon, um, like, clearly it's irking you because I can hear you banging on your mic. So
1: I, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that that's been on your mind. So it's, uh, it's, it's uh, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, and jean shorts, which you can appreciate. He's even rocking the jeep, which I feel like is extra hard to pull off when you're That skinny
0: and that tall, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, man, I'm a trendsetter with stuff. Like as soon, like as soon as I, (laughs) I've been wearing jean shorts since I was in like middle school or even earlier than that. But I mean, I've, I've stopped over the past like five years. So of course now it's, it's fashionable, but um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, All right. So Jonathan Isaac, he. You know, he was also one of those guys that was ruled out for the season. He will not have played a second this 2021-2022 campaign. But uh, I guess a week or so after, uh, it was announced that J.I. hurt his right hamstring. I guess that same evening, he was kind of practicing, I guess, and he hurt his right hamstring just hours after this announcement uh, that he was not going to be playing the rest of the season. And how he had to have had minor surgery on his right hamstring, which I've never heard of a situation where uh, having surgery on your hamstring is minor. And as a person who tore his calf, uh, me and it naturally let it healed, uh, that's that's not definitely not a small thing. So, um, I mean, I'm you know I'm sure you'll agree that I, you know we're we're probably both surprised that Isaac ended up not playing at all this season when you know the guy was doing interviews saying like he'd be back he'd be back he'd be back and it just it didn't it didn't happen and you know i i'm sh- part of it maybe is just making sure that it heals properly but clearly something went wrong when you know he had this devastating left knee issue left leg issue and now whether it's because of, compens- you know, overcompensating maybe, or, or who knows, maybe it's just complete fluke or he's just got awful lower, you know, got, has awful lower limbs, unfortunately, you know, but his, he's got this right hamstring thing going on now, but um, I'm still, you know, I'm very surprised he didn't play a minute uh, this season. And now there's just this uncertainty out there because it's going to be a long process for him during the off season to get back. And so even if he's ready to go for training camp, in you know in the fall like they're probably going to put him on a minutes restriction um, he may not be starting out of the gate like there's there's just a lot of stuff out there um he's one of the highest guys you know h- highest players uh, contract wise on our team he's up there with Fultz and you know gary harris's expiring deal but um i guess what are your thoughts on all this like do you have any conspiracy theories with this with how the injury you know either occurred or how it was announced. I think literally it was just a fluke uh, because I think he, I mean, there's been video of him practicing before that March 15th announcement. And then there just hasn't been anything after that. Like he was moving around, he was practicing, he was doing stuff. Like if you got a, a right hamstring injury that requires surgery, like I feel like you wouldn't have been able to do
1: that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's coincidental, but I don't think it's, you know, nefarious on the part of the organization or anything. Um, I'm surprised that it worked out exactly the way that it did. I think that we had figured that they would slow play it, but not to the point of where it got. And then obviously not to have a a new injury come down the pike too. So um, at this point, I think it's fair to say at least from my perspective that you literally cannot assume or count on him to play another minute again for the team uh, no. until you're proven otherwise. Yes, so no. That's, I mean, that's a lot. That's money tied up. Um, so I have another thing. Yeah. So do, here's the question, I guess, and you might be getting alluding to this now, but do do you does this impact the draft plans in any way?
0: No, I, I mean. I mean, it's more of an incentive to go draft one of these power forwards, I, I guess. Um, I mean, look, people this whole time have viewed the top three, and we'll, we'll talk draft stuff here in a bit, but I mean, people view these top, the top three prospects as Jabari Smith, uh, Paolo Benquero, and Chet Holmgren in some type of order. Those are all three big man power forward type guys. Um, and then you have, you know, the next guys behind them are kind of guards like Jay, you know, Jay and probably the fourth guy viewed by most people. So, I mean, if there was any hesitation to draft the power forward, that's completely out the window now with Isaac being gone. I think you, they would have done it anyway, either way, you know, no matter what, because I mean, this, this franchise has been about best player available and they're not, they haven't been concerned about positions up to this point. And I don't think that they would have been either way, but yeah. There's, there's no hesitancy. I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to like, they still might value like a guard more than one of those three big guys. Like, they, but I don't think it's going to have an impact. What's your view?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think regardless that it has to be whoever they identify as the, the best player available. Um, and that's kind of been how they've been operating anyway. Yeah. Um, I I'm just struggling, I guess, with, uh, how you even peg Jonathan Isaacs value both internally to the team and externally to the league at this point, I think it's just such a, uh, well, such it's a, a lot I more, know, right. It's a lot
0: more internal than external. That's for yeah, Certainly. Yeah. Um, you can't get anything for him externally. Like, so and I, I think I, I might have tweeted this, but I, probably not. But I've, I've had this viewpoint, and it's the only logical reason I can think of that they kept him out. But the team knows that he's made of glass, and they're waiting for one more like injury to his left leg to make his contract, you know, to void his contract, to get out of his contract. That's the only reason I could think of that they, they, they slowed his process up this much to bring it back. Because Waltman was talking about how, you know, they're trying to build up his legs and his body. Well, clearly he didn't do a good enough job if he picked up this injury, you know, this latest injury. So you basically just wasted at least six months uh, by keeping him out like this. Um, and who knows? Maybe it's going to pay off at the start of next season. But I'm not counting on that. You're not counting on that.
1: And how how can you even even if he even if he's ready to go day one with no restriction? How can you even? You can't count on him to no. be there in March and April and you know May. No, <laughs> if there's gonna be a May. I mean,
0: look, Isaac Jonathan Isaac has this Exhibit Three contract clause. Uh, you know that's. I'm assuming on his left leg, maybe it's on both legs, which would be extra interesting, but um, but, you know, he hasn't played in two full seasons. Now he's, he's missed two full seasons now with, you know, with at least this left leg injury slash rehab. And now he's got this right hamstring thing going on, but I would just be curious if let's say the magic, let's say Isaac and re you know, as he's trying to come back this off season suffers like another injury to his left leg, however major or minor it may be. Like I want to know specifically detail wise, what's the situation salary cap wise to the magic? Like can they get out of this contract and free up this money in that situation? That, that, I, that's something that no one's, no one's really specifically mentioned like Bobby Marks kind of mentioned stuff about that. Like he mentioned the clause, but no one really has explained how this clause works specifically as like, okay, cool. Okay. I get it. The magic will have to pull like a Timothy Mozgov or Gilbert Arenas and, and pay him or whatnot, but it's off the salary cap. So I don't, I don't care what the team has to pay somebody if it's off the salary cap. Um, You know, he's, he's already missing out on $2.6 million per year by not playing at least 85% of a, of an NBA season. Like he's leaving a lot of money on the table right there just in that instance. But um,
1: I I would say too, admittedly I'm not as good with uh, recall and trivia as I once was, but is there any precedent for uh, uh, assuming he's ready to go day one next season from the date that he last played to the date that he returns is there any physical injury that has taken as long or has it only been drug suspensions
0: I mean how long did grain Hill miss what 21 months was it but what the staff infection year like how how did he miss I mean, I don't think it was a full two years. I think it was just under two years. So, you know, I, think I, I can't think he of a always came
1: one. back and played a couple before, you know right.
0: Was- yeah. So technically I guess you but I mean there was that one one season he missed the entire season. That was the staff yeah. infection season, but um Man, uh, no, this is the longest I can think of. I, you know, I, I haven't looked into it very, very long, but this, this is prob, this might, I don't know, maybe Sean Livingston. How long was
1: Sean Livingston? Like, I, I don't know. Um, I think that was less than. I mean, I think that was less than this, honestly. Like, I think even Devin, even Devin Kennedy's injury, like at least you know, visually more gruesome, and back in less than a calendar year, right? Yeah. So. I, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it seems like for all of the for all of the luck that the magic have had in terms of acquiring or being able to acquire, you know, transcendent stars and everything, there's certainly been an equal amount of misfortune and just downright oddities that have plagued the franchise for uh, what, I mean, Decades now at this point. Yeah, it's. I mean, they've gone through a lot of training staff, so it's. I
0: don't know. Maybe they'll have to. They'll make another change here this off season. Like I was surprised they didn't make a lot of changes last year, and who knows? We'll we'll see. I I don't know. We we do have that Advent Health Training Center that's that's opening up. Uh, hopefully, actually next month in May, which ideally you want that done in time for, you know, the the draft lottery is going to happen in May. Like you, and, and you want that to be complete around that time. So you can actually start hosting draft prospects in June. That'd be, that'd be awesome to have that. But I mean, that's where the team's going to be practicing out of that's where everybody's getting their rehab done and stuff. So, um, you know, I walked by the training center actually last night when I was going to the Orlando city match, you know, we lost the LAFC four, two, but, um, you know, I went by it and it, it looks like it can be done next month, uh, for sure. So I'm I'm hoping that and that was the projected timeline I think that Alex Martins gave, uh or maybe it was Waltman, but um it was was May for this to be done. So that that that's not a small thing. That's a big deal having that that facility done for for recruiting purposes, basically, of draft prospects and then free agency. Like that, that's not a small thing. But yeah, no, injury-wise, I mean our, our history injury-wise has been very Very perplexing. Pick a decade. There's there's some weird stuff there. But um, all right, let's talk about tanking and tank standings, you know, because there's been some very, very uh, valiant tank efforts being done by Mosley and the staff and then uh, just guys being kept out, held out. Uh, as the Magic have been very recently trying their best to lose games, like we had that stretch again post All Star weekend where we went seven and seven basically, and then it it fell off at it very hard here recently. Uh, as we're on twenty wins still at the moment, and look, we are tied with the worst record uh, in the NBA. We're you know we're twenty and fifty eight, uh, and yeah, it's I, I don't know. You know, like I said, with the Magic, we we play the Knicks tonight. Who are out of the playoffs, but it's Tibbs, so they're they're not going to probably try and lose that game, even though they probably should also try to lose that game to get better lottery position. Tuesday, it's Cleveland. Cleveland has to keep winning to to stay, you know, to stay uh, above, uh, try and get into the playoffs uh, without uh, getting into the play-in, um, and then you still got uh, then Charlotte, who uh, Thursday, Charlotte is a play-in team, but. Uh, they probably don't want to play Brooklyn as the ninth seed. So they they want to try and get into eighth or seventh if they can. So Charles is going to try and then win that game. And then Miami who I got wrong, uh, annoyingly enough is first in the East. And yeah, it's, uh, they, they might be able to rest guys actually for that, uh, fan appreciation night, uh, that the magic are going to host Sunday here, uh, in Orlando. So, uh, you know tanking be damned I, I would actually like us to win that game against miami especially knowing how many heat fans are probably going to be there but um yeah tanking wise look magic 2058 they're tied with houston who's also 2058 and then the third and fourth worst records belong to detroit and okc detroit 22 and 56 okc a half game behind them 22 and 55 so the magic as long as they don't win two more games the rest of the season they're guaranteed to be uh, you know, first or second worst record going into the lottery, but um, I don't know. What are what are your thoughts on how these games have played out recently? Where the Magic easily could have won a couple of these games, and uh, it's just been gross basketball. You know, especially when you got guys like Wendell Carter Jr. going insane, and then you completely sit them out the fourth quarter. Like it's it's ugly. I I said in the in the opener that the Magic have guaranteed this to be their seventh. Uh, 20 something win season in in the last decade, which is a lot of losing. It's a lot of brutal basketball.
1: Yeah. And it's been blatant, you know. And that's, I think, from a.
0: Which, to be fair, the other teams have been doing it blatantly too. Like like OKC OKC, and Houston for sure. And then Detroit kind of. And now they're kind of trying to lose now again because, you know, they wanted Kate Cunningham to kind of find his groove, which he did. And now they're doing on purpose. Um, Portland, (laughs) who's. who like, I think just last week, Portland officially got eliminated, but they, they've they lost something like 16 of their last 18 games. So, I mean, there's, there's some blatant tanking going on. It's not just the magic, but
1: it's anyway, continue. You are to be fair. You are right. It is across the board for the what seven or eight teams that are out of the play in picture. picture. Um, it's, it's hard as a fan, I think. Um, and, and to be quite honest, I, you know, the the sometimes the games where they decide to hit uh to sit a clearly healthy player um you know maybe sometimes i take that game off as a fan right yeah, man. Like, i don't just, blame you i don't i probably should but no yeah i don't blame you um, um just to preserve whatever mental health shred of it that there is <laughs> left uh it's it's the way of the league, right? I mean, you, you grit your teeth and accept it because first of all, to your point, it's happening elsewhere. And secondly, we, we know how close we've been to getting a guy through the draft who would change everything for us overnight. So you have to do everything in your power to put yourself in the position um, to, to get that type of player. And this is just the pathway as it, as it's presently constructed, this is the pathway to achieve that.
0: I do want to point out that it's very chaotic and there's no guarantees that you're going to end up with the top four pick. Cause I look at the past three lottery results under this current lottery format. I'm going to go down the list right now, but again, tanking doesn't guarantee much. Uh much. The 2021 draft lottery, which is the only one of the past three that the magic been a part of, because there's, you know, 19 and 20, the Magic were playoff teams, but 2021 draft lottery magic had the third best odds. They end up picking fifth Cleveland jumped us. They went from fifth to third. They got Evan Mobley who may or may not win rookie of the year. Uh, Toronto jumped us from seventh to fourth. They got Scotty Barnes, Scotty Barnes. If Mobley doesn't win rookie of the year, it's going to be Scotty Barnes, but, um, you got again, Toronto jumped from seventh to fourth. Okay. And then Magic went from third to fifth. Uh Detroit won the lottery. They were they had the second best odds. They picked number one. They're the ones that got Kate Cunningham. But if you haven't watched it, you can look up the 2021 NBA draft lottery on YouTube, how it's done in the back. Uh the league every year now posts how the draw happens. You got Ernston Young there supervising, running the show. You got the 1000 numbers combinations. Each lottery team has their assigned lottery combinations and it, and you got the little ping pong ball drawings that happen. but you know, remember there's top four are the only spots. They're the only picks that get drawn and picked out of the ping pong ball machine, which means because the magic pick fifth, that the magic literally didn't have one of their number combinations pop up. So um, I, you know, that's, that's just this last one. I'm going to go through 2020 and 2019. And you go back
1: to the frozen envelope for this year. no
0: unfortunately no and you can't go to the uh single uh pick one ball out of 67 uh draft uh, style which uh that was the one that the magic won in 93 that was the the chris weber penny draft but um which is also the last time the magic have moved up in a draft magic have not moved up in a draft lottery in 14 draft lotteries since 1993 like we we've literally I mean, if you sit back and look, we've used up our luck between that one and then going in 92, going from second to first uh, to then be able to draft Shaq. Like we have not moved up in a draft
1: lottery since those two. So it's I I would like to um, in turning over a new leaf personally, I would like to say one hopeful and positive thing about the upcoming draft lottery, if you'll allow it.
0: (laughs) Of course I'll allow it.
1: I, I, Uh, I, I, I promote it. In, in franchise history, the let's let's start here. The current record is 20 and 58. So in franchise history, the magic have finished a season 21 and 61 twice. Following those seasons, they have gotten the first overall pick twice and got Shaq and Dwight out of it. So I, I think that symmetrically, we're we're in good shape here. Let's go ahead and let's let's lose out. Let's win the last one against Miami and let's win the draft lottery. Go
0: into a 21 wins. Yes, that's not a bad way. And with the Dwight when obviously we we finished with the worst record in the in the NBA back in 04. We had a 25% chance to get the number one pick. We held on to the number one pick. So we didn't jump up, but we thankfully didn't fall down for that either. But yeah, no, I mean we're due. I mean, we're due. Draft lottery odds don't work like that. Lotteries don't work like that. But we're, we're technically due if you look at, like, how fortunate other teams have been, like Cleveland, for instance. But uh, we, we're very much due. Um, but, look, 2020, Minnesota, they went from third and jumped up to first. Uh, then you had Charlotte, who jumped from eighth to third. They went from eighth to picking third in that draft. That was, you know, they got LaMelo and then Chicago went from seventh to fourth. So, uh, and then 2019 was by far the most chaotic one, which is the first draft lottery under this current format. But 2019 you had the Pelicans jump six spots from seventh to first. They got Zion Memphis jumped from six uh, from, sorry, Memphis also jumped six spots from eighth to second. They got John Moran Lakers leapt seven places from 11th to fourth. So I'm just saying, get ready for some weird stuff to happen. That's all I'm going to mentally tell you, because if you thought the Magic going from third to fifth was bad, I mean, the Magic could very well go from first to fifth or from second to sixth. Like, that can happen. So um, that's that's all I'm going to say is be mentally prepared for that. Um, And then in every draft lottery so far, the team with the worst record has never ended up with the number one pick so far in this format. We've got three years of data on it. It's not a lot, but it's not, it's not nothing. So, you know what, maybe the magic ending up second instead of with the wor- with the worst record going into the draft lottery, isn't a bad thing. We'll, we'll see. But, um, and then in every lottery dra- you know, draft lottery so far, as you heard, at least two teams, not one, but two teams have moved from outside of the top four into the top four. Again, chaos so don't get mad if you see like the spurs freaking hopping to the top four or portland or indiana like that can very easily happen so i'm just meant you know getting you all mentally prepared for that um so again all the all the pro tank folks just need to relax and just not get so pissy after every magic win okay and stop tweeting magic players about how they need to lose and stuff okay that's not up to them to decide. All right. You leave that up to the front office. You leave up to the athletic training staff. You leave that up even to the coaching staff. But don't fucking tweet at players and tell them to tank. OK, because we're going to end up where we were a decade ago where guys started losing on purpose. And then when the front office told Jacques Vaughn time to start winning, some of these guys had lost so damn much that it they just didn't know how to freaking win. And it took all of them to be basically traded away for them to start winning, or they just weren't good good enough. And I think we're in a better spot now player wise than we were in, you know, a decade ago with, with, with what we got, but it can all go down the same road. Jamal Mosley can easily be uh, Jacques Vaughn, like Walt Ham could end up going down the path of Rob Hennigan, where that, that one trade that supposed win now trade can, can hurt everything. So um, with that said, I'm, you know, I'm hoping they figure it out, but I, I just, I just want people to, to, to just be wary that we were just as optimistic a decade ago as
1: we are now. That, that's where I'm at with that. So um, that, was, that was bad. I'm sitting over here tightening the noose now. Nah,
0: come on, man. Nah, we're, we're was, not doing that. But that was I, bad. <laughs> All right, um, I do want us to to be optimistic and try and start putting some puzzle pieces together for next season and what will hopefully be a non take season. Like we we can't tank again next next season because then it's really going to turn into Jacques Vaughn and Rob Hennigan again. But um, I I want to go. I want us to kind of talk about keepers or guys you want to want to have around next season and kind of who you want to use potentially as either trade bait or guys who kind of want to want to leave down the road, because, um, you know, looking at the current roster, there's a lot of guys I like on this roster that I think can, can be good on a winning team. I really do. Um, But the magic, they still need kind of that alpha go-to scorer and, you know, I I I've already sent out tweets before where basically I'm in a situation where I I'd like to find some type of trade package where we're using Jonathan Isaac, which unfortunately because he hasn't played his trade value is not good. Um, which is why I then have to include a guy like Jalen Suggs, which again, it's, it's dangerous to trade a rookie after a year, but, with I, I'm looking at what we currently have, and I would not mind including Jalen Suggs in a trade uh, to go get that alpha guy, um, and then using like a Terrence Ross expiring contract, throw in some picks, go get a distressed superstar like say like a Shea Gilgis Alexander or Donovan Mitchell. That's that's kind of been the goal that Will Hem have always had when it comes to to getting a star. Like if you can't draft them, then you got to trade for them because free agents aren't coming here. And so you need to go, at, go in, in a situation like this and try and get that, that star, that, that alpha score that is tired of their situation. And I, you know, I've had, I've talked about another pod about how, you know, I don't like it when, when stars move around, but I think in an exception of Donovan Mitchell in Utah and shade Gilgis, Alexander in Oklahoma city, I'm not prying a guy from a good situation. You know, Utah is on the decline right now. They may blow it, blow it all up this off season. I would be, you know, if I was them, I would try and do whatever I can to keep Mitchell around. And, you know, you can deal Gobert because Mitchell's 25 and I think Gobert's like 30 right now. But, um, and then who knows what the Thunder are doing, but Shea Gilgis Alexander needs to be on a team that's trying to win. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. So, Penny, do. De- do you have guys? You know, what's your keeper situation? Because I'll tell you my my keeper situation. Like I, uh, you know, I've, I I like to keep Wendell. Obviously, he's he's my my center going forward, or at least one of my main bigs going forward. Robin Lopez is like a veteran. I alone as a backup big. Like I like keeping him around. He seems to be good for the team. At the, at the power forward spot, like, I got Chumo Kiki and I got Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner has proved to be very valuable. He's not just Franz's brother. Like, Mo's got some, something there, and he busts his ass. And I'm I'm more than happy to keep him around. You know, Mo is going to be uh, – is under contract for, for next season. Uh, he's on a cheap deal, and as long as the Magic don't waive him in the summer, he'll be back. Uh, Chuma, this is you – know, I don't know if Chuma's ready to be a starter. Like we know he's very good off the bench. He can be a, a good, you know, three and D guy for sure. Um, this would be your, the spot where you would pencil in one of those power forward guys like Jabari Smith or Paolo Benquero as, as the power forward. But um, you know, I think Mo Bamba is going to be gone. I, it, the, maybe, maybe, you know, people say, well, the, you know, this front, this front office doesn't like letting Mo Bamba walk uh, or doesn't like, guy, you know, Talent just walk, but I just don't see a situation where we're going to offer him like a mid-level exception type of contract for him to come back. So, um, and then I'll just go through a few more. I know I'm rambling and taking up a bunch of time here, but obviously Franz Wagner is a keeper. RJ Hampton, I'm a huge fan of. I view him as a shooting guard slash small forward. Uh He's definitely a guy that uh, you know, RJ that can can be a very awesome bench piece right now. Gary Harris, I'd like to bring back. I just, you know, unless you offer him up $20 million for a year, like I just, it's going to be tough to do that, but Gary hasn't played like for the past like couple weeks. So, you know, if we're not bringing him back, like, I don't know, is, is he, you know, is he already being offered up in secret like contracts by other teams around the league? Maybe. Cause I mean, he's been great for us this season, but I'd like to keep Gary around if possible. Um, and then obviously Markel Folts, Fultz and Cole Anthony, but I don't know what's your viewpoint. Do you have kind of keepers, or at least do you have guys that right now you're comfortable get you know getting rid of or, or dumping to clear the way for bringing in kind of try and bring in a guy that's like a top, a top scorer, or is none of that realistic right now?
1: I, I don't know how realistic any of it is. I know we're we're talking about keepers for next season, but in in talking about that, what is you what do you envision the goal of next season to be? Are we Playing. are we still rebuilding or no, are we're, we we're
0: going for a play-in. play in
1: play in so yeah i mean i think the unquestionably the top two are wendell and Franz, as keepers and that's more than just this season to next season but you know building they're part of the foundation of building towards uh, contention You're throwing fultz um,
0: in there i assume or no
1: Faults not at is, that level not at that level, but folds is second tier. I think, um, I would put Chuma a little under Markel as a keeper. And then if we're talking, you know, if we're talking this year to next year, I would agree with you. I think, um, Wagner, um, Mo Mm -hmm. is a keeper for third center slash brotherly support. Um, Cole, a keeper for hopefully transitioning to full-time bench role where all he has to do is, um, you know, kind of, I guess, slide in and and take over the old Terrence Ross role of just coming in and letting it fly, um, you know, yeah, being yeah. a scorer off the Good bench point. primary option. Um, and beyond that, Harris possibly would be nice. he's He's played well and accepted his role this year um, could take or leave Robin Lopez. Not that he's done anything wrong this season. I think that's about exactly what we signed him for and he's delivered in every way. Um, and beyond that, I just don't think anything else really, everything else I think is interchangeable on my end. I am not as high on RJ Hampton as you are.
0: Well, nobody is. I I have stock in in the kids. So, but no, I like, RJ Hampton is already a, a, a pretty well-proven three-point shooter and he's only going to get better especially considering like if you looked at where he was like a year ago how much muscle that kid's put on like once he stops doing that and just focuses on shooting he's only going to get better and look I look right now he's part of I guess the tanking lineup because he's he's like a wild Mustang where he's just been kind of turned loose and it's like, we're not telling him anything. We're just letting him do stuff. And so he's looking like Russell Westbrook on cocaine at this point point, and like not a good way at times, but when you put him in an actual offense and he's able to focus on uh, focus on what he's good at, be it, you know, not trying to be a point guard, be it, you know, he's like more, you know, he's much more suited as a secondary ball handler, like uh, in that respect. He's a very good pull-up shooter already. He's on, he's going to be very, 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 very good in the future. Um, he's he's a long-term keeper for me at the moment, and we'll see. Um, but yeah, I have I have a lot of RJ Hampton stock. Uh, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on on the roster. On look <laughs> with Donovan Mitchell, like Donovan Mitchell is very big into uh, about uh, you know making himself known in the community about. Uh, in in the Salt Lake city, Utah community, community about social justice. And I don't know if you'd want to get traded here just because of our ownership. I don't know. uh, You know, I I don't know if that would even be possible, but the whole point of what Wellham have been doing and gathering these assets, like, I mean, we have two second round picks too, as well. That's, that's not nothing, but like, we're going to have our pick you know, we're going to have our pick probably around 31, 32. And then we're going to have Indiana's pick around like 35, 36, but You know we have those first round picks from Denver and Utah and uh, in Chicago twenty twenty three for the Chicago twenty twenty five for Denver. Like we have all our picks, and at some point you're gonna push in and go get that guy because it's not gonna happen through free agency most likely. Um, And your best bet is trying to do a trade, and it sucks because I think if Isaac was playing and looking like a, a, a defensive player of the year guy who has a, a developing offense, like I, I think you could easily get what you want using him, but because no one's seen him play in two years, like that's that's basically impossible to do at this point. Um, and yeah, so that's where I'm at with that. All right, Penny, lastly, uh, draft pick-wise, you know, we don't know where the Magic are going to pick. Have you been watching the tourney? Do you have any favorites? How about this? Like where – what pick would the magic have to have for you to be like, okay, I'm willing to trade this pick away. Like what, what pick do the mad, like do the magic need to be top three for you to keep it? Like what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Cause that pick is also what you can use in, in a trade to go get a guy like Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah. I, I, my opinion again is we're continuing to give Weltham the benefit of the doubt. Right. So uh if they identify a target and that means that we're trading the number one pick then you're you're trusting in their evaluation both of the draft pool this year and who they're trading that asset for so to me i i i'm fine with trading one through five one through six whatever the case is if that's the best pathway forward i uh what's your evaluation i guess of the talent available in the draft uh who's somebody that you would not want to give up if you had the opportunity to bring to the team
0: um i mean look i i'm very comfortable if the magic end up one two or three like once you get into four then i'm willing to to, to include that pick because i i really like uh Jabari Smith Junior is still my my number one guy at the at the moment, but I would not be mad at all if it's Paolo Benquero because Paolo seems to be ready physically now. <laughs> to to I mean it's it, he's he's benefited, of course, for having such a deep tourney run. Like he just got knocked out of the final four last night in a hell of a game. Um, but from what he's shown, what he's done, like the obviously all these guys have to help have to pass health checkups and backgrounds and whatnot. Like there's that, there's that sweat thing with him where he just sweats like a ridiculous, like more than like your typical athlete, but it's, it's a very manageable thing. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, like I might've been three months ago. Um, obviously he got in that situation where, you know, he was charged with, I guess, aiding aiding and abetting a DWI. But, you know, I looked into that and, I mean look JJ Reddick got got a DUI like weeks before he was drafted so like this this is a little different as well but um it like I'm not worried cuz th- this this team's about character too like not just the front office not just ownership but also like Weldham like they care about character guys and all indications are like we sh- we shouldn't be concerned about Paolo in that in that regard and then my third guy I've got Jay Nivy third um I don't want to touch chet holmgren at all um this is completely different from franz wagner last year because franz wagner physically i was never worried about him strength wise i was worried about him laterally as him being a guy that could be on the perimeter as a four or a three but obviously but we've seen since since he struggled at summer league like he put in some crazy work to get himself up not just physically but just to get his confidence up offensively and with a shot and everything, like. I yeah, we've already apologized for getting the Franz Wagner pick wrong. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's fantastic that he's been amazing because Jalen Suggs is not Jalen Suggs leaves a lot to be desired and we'll see with him, but, um, I don't want touch. I, I don't want Chet Holmgren because he is just ridiculously skinny. Like I weigh more than him and I'm a, a, almost a foot shorter than Chet Holmgren. So, um, and people have been trying to do that comparison where it's like, well, look how skinny uh, you know, Kevin Durant was or Dwight Howard or Giannis Adetokounmpo. Well, Dwight was really skinny, but also he had a base on him. And then Kevin Durant, if you look at Kevin Durant at Texas, was much more defined than, than even Chet Holmgren is now. And Giannis Didikumbo was malnourished in Greece. Like that's none of those compared to Chet's skinny situation. Like I view Chet like I view uh, Alexey Pokashevsky, which just two very skinny guys that it's going to take them years to fill out if they ever fill out at all. And so I know it's great that Chet uh, ha, isn't afraid of you know taking contact and all that, but I just don't think his body can hold up in an 82 game NBA season and. Um, I I would stay away. I don't know what's your, what's your what, if you got any other thoughts or or, or retorts or whatnot. But um, I, Jaden Ivey's third for me, and I think he would actually work really well alongside L. Fultz in the backcourt.
1: Yeah, I would just I I am not sold, and you know maybe we're wrong again. Could be. I'm not sold on Chet Holmgren either physically. Um my number one and I won't cop to recency bias would be Paolo Banquero. Um he looks really good, man. <laughs> like he
0: he looks so damn
1: good. I mean the only the the knock is that he wasn't aggressive enough and can you even put that on him and not the coaching staff i when you know i I don't know he
0: looked pretty Uh, fucking aggressive to me on on a couple of those drives and he had some monster dunks too like he's he's going at people like i'm not gonna like maybe people are, are considering that like unselfishness as 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 like a hesitation type thing i i i don't i don't equate the two
1: no well and i think also there's somebody that plays like that on our current roster, albeit not at the same level in terms of Truman. I think that speaks to basketball IQ and being a good teammate too. So, um, you know, I I don't look at that necessarily as a negative thing. And everyone's young anyway, right? They're not nearly, obviously not nearly. He's 19,
0: but like he's 19.
1: Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I, like I say, I will, uh, I don't proclaim to be a draft expert as evidenced by last year's results. So, um, we're, we're still riding with the front office. Um, so if, if they determine there's more value moving the pick, if it's one through six, then I will get on board, grip my teeth either way and get on board <laughs> with that decision and whoever selected, they will get the benefit of the doubt through the first month or two of the season until uh, rushed judgments have to be made. Yeah. All right. Uh,
0: yeah, that's it. Uh, we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go Magic.